the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Round the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clad in white garments with golden crowns upon their heads. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Mike's message today is the conclusion to the 24 elders. It's a message we started the last time we were together, and it is a part of the Revelation series. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's get underway with today's message from Pastor Michael Oxentenko. It's a part of the Revelation series, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. It is entitled, The 24 Elders. Here's Pastor Mike. We'll turn to 1 Chronicles 24. I go all the way down to verse 18, the 23rd Deliah, and the 24th to Maaziah. Now, you'll notice that the 8th division is the division of Abijah. There were 24 divisions, the Hebrew priesthood, that were appointed to pray and minister in the temple for the people. Now, when you read the Gospel of Luke, in Luke 1, 5, John the Baptist's father was serving as the eighth division of Abijah when the angel Gabriel appeared to him at the altar. That would have put him somewhere in the fourth month. With that information, you can figure out that Jesus was born in the middle of the seventh month at the Feast of Tabernacles. Christ tabernacled among us in the fall based on on this insight. So the divisions here are really important in understanding Bible truth. Now in the book of Revelation, the heavenly counterparts to these 24 divisions of the Hebrew priesthood, they're not called priests at all. You would expect them to say, well, here's Jesus and here's God and here's 24 priests. But it doesn't say that. Even though they look like priests in many ways, they are simply called 24 elders. So we ask the question, why are they pictured here as elders instead of fully credentialed priests? 1 Timothy 2.5 has the answer. The Bible says, for there is one God, and there is what? One mediator between God and man. What does it say? The man Christ Jesus. Friend, Jesus Christ is the only one who can represent you before the Father. So these 24 elders, even though they look like the divisions of the priesthood, they don't serve exactly in that capacity. Now, you can't have these 24 individuals in heaven taking the place of Jesus, so they're called elders. Clue number two, in the Old Testament, elders were people, not angels, not cherubim or seraphim, just people. So the term itself suggests that these are 24 human beings who are in heaven. Clue number three, the elders are dressed in white garments. Now, Revelation 4.4 is very clear here. It says that these 24 elders have white garments. White garments are given in the book of Revelation to those who have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The church of Laodicea needs white garments, just like these 24 elders, the ones they have. 
Jesus says you're poor, you're blind, you're naked at the end of time. You need a white garment. And so Christ admonishes his end time church to receive the white robe that will take away their nakedness. Now these 24 elders have white robes. Look at Revelation 7, verse 13 with me. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And whence have they come? Now John here sees a great multitude that no man can number, and they have white robes. And so, of course, the question is asked by an elder, well, how did they get here? Who are they? And then John says, I said to him, sir, you know. Now why would he say that? He said that because the four and twenty elders have white robes too. They had them before this great multitude. And so from personal experience, the elder that he is talking to is an expert on how to get a white robe. And look at the answer that follows. He said to me, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So this elder knows from experience that you don't get a robe that's white just by accident. You don't use Clorox bleach or the like. You get it that way through the blood of the Lamb. So the white robes would indicate that the 24 elders are people who have washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Number four, clue number four, the 24 elders have crowns on their heads that represent a personal moral victory. Let's read Revelation 4, 4 again. Round the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clad in white garments with golden crowns upon their head. Now in the book of Revelation, we have two Greek words for crowns. One is the word diadem, and the other is the word stephanos. In Revelation 19, 12, Christ comes back on a horse like a Roman general at the second coming, and he has many diadems on his head. And a diadem here represents kingly authority. It is a royal crown. But that is not the word that we have here in Revelation 4.4. The word for crown here is Stephanos. It is a wreath of victory. It was the kind of wreath that was given when you ran in the Olympic Games and you were awarded a crown because you have run the race, you had finished it, and you were a victor. The name Stephen calls to mind one who has overcome. The Apostle Paul uses this very same Greek word to describe the crown that God will give him at the second coming when he is resurrected into glory. Turn to 2 Timothy 4 verse 6. Paul is saying, for I am already on the point of being sacrificed. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Now in the Greek, the very same word that we see describing the four and twenty elders, the Stephanos, the wreath of victory, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. That's the kind of crown the 24 elders wear. So how do they get it? They didn't get it because they were just there. They got it because they ran the race. They finished the race and it was given to them. You see, the 4 and 20 elders, you put it all together. They are 24 human beings who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. They have overcome. They have wreaths of victory because they have finished the race and they have conquered And they are in heaven right now around God's throne. The evidence suggests that these 24 elders have come out of captivity from the grave and they have been brought up the mountain into the presence of God. So Jesus tells the church of Laodicea that they need to receive a white robe to conquer. And if they overcome, they'll have access to God's throne in the same way. Now take your Bibles and turn with me to Leviticus 23 verse 11. Every spring there was a special service 
And this service was to point the children of Israel to the truth that they are accepted not because they're good. They're accepted not because they've tried hard. They're accepted because life comes from the ground in the spring and it is proof that God can accept. And so in Leviticus 23.10, three days after Passover, after the Passover lamb was slain, the day following the first day of unleavened bread, on the day of the wave sheaf, when Jesus died, it would have been Sunday morning when this service was conducted. Moses here prophetically, looking forward to the resurrection morning, wrote these words. God is speaking, say to the people of Israel, when you come into the land which I give you, and you reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. That would have been the barley sheaf from the early spring harvest. They were to bring it right there into the temple. Look at verse 11. And the priest shall wave the sheaf before the Lord, that you may find acceptance on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. Now think about this. Here was the fresh spring rains. They had fallen. The first fruits of the barley harvest had come out of the earth. As if to say, there's life this year. The harvest will be plentiful. And so the priest would take the first grains of the barley harvest, put it in his hand, walk right into the temple, and wave it to the Lord. And Moses is very clear. It was for your acceptance that this was to occur. That happened on resurrection morning when Jesus was raised from the dead. The priest was waving the first fruits of the dead earth before the living God. It was as if to say there's life in the spring. And friend, at that time, Christ was resurrected and there was life in the spring as men and women perhaps were being resurrected from the dead in addition to his resurrection. The evidence suggests that these 24 elders were resurrected shortly after Jesus was resurrected on Sunday morning to be the wave sheaf of the first fruits from the grave. The 24 elders along with Jesus are proof that God has accepted his people by resurrecting them from the grave. Now Romans 4.25 is very clear. I mean in 1 Corinthians 15 it says that the most important truth of the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins. I mean, you can explain that away all you like, but it is still the most important truth a Christian can accept. But the second truth is akin to it. Romans 4.25, he was raised for our acceptance or justification. And so the wave sheaf points forward to the resurrection when Christ will be resurrected as evidence of our acceptance. But there were others resurrected. Let me prove it to you. Turn to Matthew 27, verse 51. Now Christ is here dying on the cross. He's just died. He's given up his spirit. And notice what happens. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. Now that represented something. That veil was purple. It was made of blue. It was torn to pieces. And after it was torn, you could see right in the most holy place. It was prophetic of the end of the world. When the sky will be rolled up like a scroll. And the rocks will be split and the earth will shake. And they will see the Son of Man coming at the right hand of God in the most holy place to this earth to reap the harvest of the earth and the final resurrection. So this is a little end of the world in play here. It is a picture of the future that is occurring at Jesus' resurrection. Look at verse 52. It says, The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they weren't resurrected before him, but after him, on that same day, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. I mean, who would have thought of such a thing? It's not just Jesus interacting with others. As Christ has gone all day, 
These four and 20 elders, and that's who they are, and others perhaps, they're going about interacting with people right there in the vicinity of Jerusalem. They are dead men, perhaps dead women, who have come to life, and they represent the future for the human race in Jesus. Friend, Christ was resurrected early Sunday morning before dawn. And these people described here were resurrected after his resurrection. In fact, they are specifically alluded to in the prophecy that we find in Psalms 110, that there would be those in holy array at the resurrection who would worship him on the holy mountains. So what happened to these people? I mean, here they make this grand appearance. They appear to many. There is evidence that the grave has been overcome. Do they go back into the grave? What happens to them? Ephesians 4.8 holds the answer. Paul here is describing what happened when Jesus ascended into the heavens. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Christ didn't go up there by himself. These people have been resurrected after his resurrection. They ascended. They were captives under the power of death. He brought them right into the presence of God and he gave gifts to men. Friend, when Jesus went to heaven, he took with him those who had been captured by death as first fruits from the grave. So is there a reason to believe? I mean, is all this religion stuff just talk, or do we really know that there is power to overcome the grave? Friend, there are people in heaven today who lived, who died, who were in their graves until the resurrection of the first fruits occurred on that Sunday morning, and they are in heaven, and some of those, at least, are the four and twenty elders we see in heaven today. He took the captives up the mountain, just like he did in the Old Testament, and he gave gifts to men. These aren't angels, these are human beings. In Revelation 4.1, John saw in heaven an open door. You are invited into the book of Revelation to worship on the mountain every day of your life. The door is open to the heavenly sanctuary so you can close your eyes and find yourself in the presence of God. You may not have your own crown yet, and your robe may need a number of washings in the Clorox kind of bleach, which is called the blood of the Lamb. That may be so, but the door is open for you. But it doesn't matter, friend, if others have shut the door on you. It doesn't matter if you have shut the door. God has opened a door in Jesus to the presence of the throne of the universe, to the moral authority of the universe, to the rainbow of grace and promise that overshadows the law of God that you have broken so you can come into his presence. And there are 24 elders there, men who have overcome, perhaps women who have overcome, who are standing in the presence of God, who worship him as evidence that you too can get there if you have a white robe. In the book of Hebrews, we have a record of Jesus' confession that these first fruits are his brethren in every way. Hebrews chapter 2 describes what happened when he went before the Father with the first fruits from the grave. Verse 10, for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified have all one origin. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will proclaim thy name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise thee. Christ took those dear saints who have been resurrected and he came before God the Father. He said, I died for the human race. I died for my people. And Father, here are the first fruits that I've resurrected. Will you accept them today? 
as a foretaste of what you will give me in the future judgment at the end of all things before the second coming. Will you accept them? We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. He says, I will proclaim thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. And the love of God, the arms of God, encircled the sun that Sunday morning as he was the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, standing before the throne of the universe with the wave sheaf, his brethren that he had resurrected. Jesus didn't go to heaven alone. He took the 24 elders with him as representatives of real people. Now, how do we know that? The garden tomb, Mary found Jesus. And she said, Rabboni. And then Jesus said to her, Mary, don't keep on clinging to me, but go to my brethren and tell them that I am ascending to my God, to your God, to my father and your father. I'm going to be gone this morning I'm taking the wave sheaf with me. I'm going into the presence of God as the first fruits from the dead earth. It is the spring. The barley harvest is here. The first fruits of life are manifested, and God has accepted you this Sunday morning. Just like Moses, the elders went up the mountain with Jesus because they are a picture of what we all can become if we follow Jesus up the mountain. Friend, you don't have to wait to go to heaven to go up the mountain by faith today. In Revelation 4.1, John saw in heaven an open door. I mean, don't allow the devil to tell you that that door is shut. It's an open door. You are invited in the book of Revelation to worship on the mountain every day of your life. The door is open so you can close your eyes and find yourself in the peaceful presence of the rainbow of promise with 24 elders who have made it there by faith. You may not have your crown yet, and maybe your robe has a few stains here or there. You can wash it white in the blood of the Lamb. It doesn't matter. God wants you there. He'll clean the robe if you just go through the door. Do not refuse him who calls from heaven today. The door has been opened to heaven right now, and you are welcome to worship there with these 24 elders. In the book of Hebrews, we have a record of Jesus' confession that these first fruits are his brethren in every way. 24 elders are his brethren. I will proclaim thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. Friend, he took the 24 elders up as representatives of what will be. We don't know who these 24 elders are, but it's a good thing we don't know. What would happen if people knew them by name? What do you think? They'd say, ah, they'd start worshiping 24 new gods. Isn't that how human beings are? So we don't know who they are, but we know they're there. And we know that they are real people who really lived, who died, who slept in the grave, and they were resurrected to never die again. The first thing Christ did on Sunday morning was to resurrect a small multitude of humanity as first fruits of what will be in the general resurrection at the end of time. In Revelation 4.1, John sees an open door in heaven because Jesus is the door. And he makes the call to come up here where here is at. 
Heaven's door is open wide so ordinary men and women can journey to the mountain by faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 22, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels in festal gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, that's us, the church, and to a judge who is God of all. And then it says, to the spirits of just men made perfect, the four and twenty elders are there, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks more graciously than the blood of Abel. The 24 elders are the spirits of just men made perfect because they have been resurrected. They will never die again. They have wreaths of victory on their head. Why? Because these 24 elders, friends, are proof that you can get there. They are people who have applied the blood of the Lamb. And if you do the same, you will get there. The Bible teaches that the dead in Christ are unconscious in the sleep of death until Jesus calls. They're not awake in heaven. They don't enjoy the beauties of eternal life unless they're resurrected. And so these are resurrected people. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 to 26, let's review that. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Now look at verse 23. Each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. So there's none of this going to heaven in between these two events. The first fruits, they were resurrected, they went to heaven. Then at the end, there will be a general resurrection and the full harvest will be seen. Verse 24, then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So what are the 24 elders doing up there before the end of all things? Are they busy? What is their job description? In Revelation 4.10 and in other places in the book of Revelation, it is very clear they worship God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. In Revelation 5.9, they sing a song to the Lamb because Jesus alone is worthy to rule the universe and to open the scroll with seven seals. In Revelation 7.13, one of them reminds John that you can't get to heaven unless you wash your robe white in the blood of the Lamb. In Revelation 11.17, they give thanks to God when he gives the kingdom to Jesus Christ in that heavenly pre-advent judgment just before the second coming. In Revelation 19.4, they praise God at the end of time when evil is finally defeated and the harlot is no more. Amen, hallelujah, they sing when the end comes and Jesus comes to take us home. So they're busy. The 24 elders are the first fruits of what Jesus has done in the resurrection and they are waiting for the day when others will fall in the great harvest at the end of time. They are waiting for the day when the throne room of God, the throne room of God will be filled with all of those who are dressed in white, who follow the Lamb up Mount Zion. They are waiting for the day when Jesus comes and the old order passes away and there are no more captives to the grave that they have been set free by the power of God. They are waiting for the day as first fruits of that future day. Revelation 7.13, then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes and whence have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God 
and they serve him day and night within his temple. And he who sits upon the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Dear heart, have courage and believe in Jesus. Have courage. Lift your eyes up and behold those who have gone before you. There is a cloud of witnesses of resurrected saints who stand in the presence of God. Four and twenty elders is proof that ordinary men and women can make it there because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Be of sound mind and strengthen your hand by faith in Jesus Christ. Not in other stuff, not in religion, not in false faith, not in what you try to do to please God. Strengthen your faith in Jesus Christ to seize the prize. Take his white robe as your robe. Look up. Friend, there is a door open in heaven for you. There is an open door. And Jesus is the door. And he is calling you with trumpet voice, come up here where here is really at. Where there is a crown for you, just like the 24 elders. If you follow him, if you take the robe that is a gift, and you receive the river of the water of life without price freely, and you say, you know what, Jesus means more to me than my sin. I come to Jesus this day. When you do that, friend, you're on your way up that mountain. If you follow the lamb all the way, you'll be dressed in white. You will have a wreath of victory on your head. And you will shake the hand of one of these 24 elders who made it there a little earlier to encourage you on the way. Well, that will conclude the 24 elders. Today's Reaching Your Heart. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com under the Revelation series. And thank you for joining us today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart.